In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. We can bless the Lord for such beautiful weather. It's going to start getting really good now. Jesus turned to his disciples and the crowd that had been following them and told them honestly and plainly what it meant to be a disciple. You are going to have to take up your cross. You are going to have to follow him. You are going to have to deny yourself. You are going to have to let go of the type of life that most every person in the world wants to retain and secure. You're going to have to let go of that in order to gain life with Jesus and the Father and the glory of the age to come. So Jesus was quite plain in what it meant and what it cost to be his disciple. He didn't try to fool anyone like we generally do when people join the church. We, uh, we want to ease them into things because we don't want to be quite so out front with people about the cost and the demands of following Jesus. It's very much like uh, the Italian patriot in the Second World War, someone named Garibaldi. He said to his recruits, I offer neither pay nor quarters nor provisions. I offer hunger, thirst, forced marches, battles, death. Let him who loves his country in his heart and not with his lips only follow me. And Jesus did the same thing. It's the difficulty of discipleship. All of us struggle with these demands throughout our life. It is one thing to be a member. It's another thing to be a disciple of Jesus because of the demands. This discipleship journey that we're called upon is a journey of trust because ultimately what we're doing is we are trusting that what Jesus promised will finally come after we die. Generally, all the blessings that Jesus promises are not in this life. They're in the life of the age to come. In his Sermon on the Mount, he pronounced a series of blessings on people that most people would not consider blessed. And all of those blessings take place later, not necessarily here and now. And so the difficulty is that we have to trust that what Jesus has promised in the future will in fact come, and it's worth sacrificing for here and now. As Americans, we want things good here and now. We want better cell phone reception here and now. We want our iPads to work right now. We want to see results. Everything is new and improved. That's what we want, but that's not how discipleship to Jesus works, as a matter of fact. By faith, we are letting go of a number of things in order to gain a greater life. Some of you in the business world might be familiar with good to great. The good life versus the great life with Christ and his father and the glory of the new age and all who love him and wait for his appearing. So we have this difficulty of discipleship and Jesus gives us this paradoxical way of living 
where we let go of things in order to actually gain things and to gain Christ himself and his kingdom. Discipleship is basically following Jesus, but it is a personal allegiance to him, to his way. And as we follow him and live into his way, we will end up the same place that Jesus ended up. And where was that? You could say the cross, but after the cross, there is the glory, the resurrection, the life, all of the good things that have transcended death. And so when Jesus says, take up your cross, obviously we're not headed to the same cross that he went to or his apostles, uh, although each one of them almost to the, to the man was martyred in his own day and age, but we are asked to make sacrifices and to allow his will and way to live in and through us rather than just ourselves. Uh, someone has a statement about this paradoxical way of living that is the Christian life. It says the Christian life is a broad road of happiness, joy, peace, blessing, success, significance, and contentment, which is ironically gained by choosing the narrow road of surrender, obedience, self-denial, self-sacrifice, truth, worship, and service. That's the divine paradoxical life, the Christian life. We, in fact, can experience a lot of different blessings here and now, but the blessings that we experience here and now have to be found in a more narrow road of cooperating with the Holy Spirit, following Jesus, saying yes to a number of things first. And Americans like things stated positively. So let's state it positively this morning. If we say yes to worship first, then all our, our other activities can fall under that. If we say yes to prayer first, all of our other activities can fall behind that. If we say yes to service, if we say yes to giving to the poor, we'll always end up having enough money for ourselves. And so you can see if we say yes to the life of God, the way of Jesus first, it's not that Jesus is calling us to become monks and nuns and take on a vow of poverty and not have any fun in life. And the proof of this is, is that your own congregants at 8 o'clock were dressed for the Texans game because they wanted to worship and then go enjoy the Texans game. So it's not that this life has no fun. It's not that we can't enjoy good things. But it is that we are to hold on to those things very lightly and say yes to the things of God first say yes to others first, and everything else will fall into line. That's the divine paradox. Jesus told a story that typifies this because he says, what would it gain someone if they had the whole world at their disposal but then forfeited their life? What can someone give for their life? And Jesus told a story about that. He was a agricultural entrepreneur 
He did very, very well with his crops and grains, and he had more and more. In fact, he had to, to, to tear down all of his establishments and storage units and build bigger ones because he had so much grain, he didn't have any, any idea what to do with all this grain. He stored it up, and then one night, the angel comes and says, your life is required of you, and all of that grain and all of that effort and all of that enterprise was not enough to pay off the fact that his life was over. And then, what did he have to show for it? In the story, there's no mention of God, there's no mention of generosity, there is no mention of the neighbor or service. It's just work, work, more, more, more. And that's all he had to show for it. And so the truth for us is, as disciples of Jesus, we know who Jesus is. He's the Christ, the Son of the living God. We know that he is the risen Lord, who is in fact the person we will face at the judgment in his glory and he will reveal and open up the totality of our life and we will be evaluated and all will be bare before him and so the question of discipleship is what will we have when we face Christ what will we have to show for these lives well the good news is is today we're here in worship and we'll have some worship to show. We will have said our prayers. Hopefully we will have service to others. We will have gifts to the poor to show. Hopefully we will be able to show that we participated in the cultivation of this community, St. Francis, and made it possible not only for ourselves, but for others and anybody that wants to come and hear about Christ and his way that leads to eternal life. And so that's the discipleship method because we know that we will one day have to let go of these lives. We will stand before Christ who is our Savior and our Judge and we will face this evaluation and all of these things all of these things that we have been asked to do that we know we should do that maybe we haven't taken the time to do maybe we have but it's all going to be revealed and that's a great thing for us to remember as disciples of Jesus so what a great passage to remind us that we have to say yes to worship first we have to say yes to prayer first we have to say yes to our neighbor first we have to say yes to participating and making this St. Francis community possible by our financial resources. And as we're beginning our stewardship campaign, it all fits together. So when we come to our Holy Eucharist today, let us come with joy because our sins have been forgiven. We will still be evaluated though. So we're not off the hook. We in fact as his disciples are given the Holy Spirit and the, uh, the life of Christ in the bread and wine to accomplish all of this. But we need this more than ever now because we want to be strengthened to be able to say yes to all of these things that God has for us to follow Jesus in the way that leads to eternal life. Amen.